Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to another episode of the How I Quit Alcohol podcast. For first-time listeners, please be aware that not all of the conversations within this podcast are suitable for children. I'd also like to add a trigger warning that sometimes the conversations can get a little heavy. We may talk about things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, drug use and alcohol use. And if you feel that that may trigger you, please do not tune in. Also, I'd like to add, if you are a heavy daily drinker, please seek the help of a medical practitioner before quitting alcohol. This podcast comes to you from beautiful Bunjalung country. Please kick back and enjoy. Grab yourself your favorite alcohol-free bevy. And if you haven't already, do a gal a favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by Paul, the Sober Plumber otherwise known as Paul Looms. Paul is one year sober as of today. What a legend, Paul. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. How does it feel to hit your one year soberversary today? It feels really good. Um, To be honest, I spent the last month maybe thinking that, or maybe longer, thinking that it's not even a celebration. It's just another date. Maybe I'll go further into it as we talk. But at six months is when I felt good in my body and mind to say, never again, no more. It just hasn't entered my mind since. So at six months, if, I, if someone said congratulations, I would have taken it really well. Now it's like, you know, or so I thought. But yeah. because um, Heidi's, my wife, has laid on this big thing this morning, which has been, yeah, it makes me realize it. I should be grateful for it. Yeah, it's it's no mean feat, that's for sure. I remember getting to the one year and each consecutive year after that, like, wow, oh, that's amazing. It is definitely something worth celebrating. We did a coaching call together 10 months ago. Yeah. And, you know, from the person I've seen you evolve into when we've been at Bender, those sessions with Lissy and Shane and, and the emails that we've exchanged with each other, I've seen this huge growth from this yeah. amazing person. I mean, you were amazing then. 
it just it's like this whole expansion of you yeah and yeah. that's something to celebrate really isn't it yeah i like i put it like this i've been rewired <laughs> or, mm. or like to say uh, i've been rebooted if your computer's mm. playing up and that you turn it off and put it back on again and you know what i mean it get it, it gets sorted out and then and then you add your apps and your programs and that too. yeah such a great way of looking at it yeah my friend I just went to break into song then my friend Emily Lubitz she's in a band Tim Pan Orange I was just talking about this song before to another I was doing a coaching call before saying we had to jump in and out of the zoom and my friend Emmy's got this song called turn it off turn it on again everyone should go and listen to that song on Spotify and that could also be your theme song Paul yeah 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 um it's all about restarting and rebooting when things aren't working turn it off turn it on again it works. absolutely so let's talk I want there's a lot of things I want to delve into today but take us back take us back to when you first started drinking and what alcohol first did for you back then yeah so yeah like like everyone else on the pod or probably everyone else in society I started real early probably I'm, I'm going to say 13, but it's probably younger, to be honest. Wow, yeah. 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you grow up, Paul? That was the UK, so England, northwest London. Northwest London, okay. Yeah. So you started at 13. How are you getting your hands on booze at uh, 13 years old? Uh, is mum listening? <laughs> she won't listen. <laughs> she, she will, and, and it's all good. It's all on the table today. So uh, so my dad was you know, quite high up in, oh, I suppose you call it corporate world or whatever, in IT, director of a... A company and every Christmas he'd get stacks of red wine you know like heaps of it you just get it put it in the cupboard probably drink one bottle a year my dad wasn't any kind of drinker but yeah I got to a point where I was able to smuggle them out of the house me and my best mate that I grew up with and um yeah we'd sort of push the cork down because he didn't have a corkscrew push it push it down take a glug and then the cork would pop up and then that's it we'd share that bottle and get pissed <laughs> it was just straight up fun you know like straight away so it wasn't giving you any relief from anything in particular it was just giving you fun not no not at that time no relief from a painful world put it that way you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, just mm -hmm. fun yeah 100% yeah me and him we just had to just run them up <laughs> right so from early on I guess so what we've you started to associate drinking and drinking that wine with having some fun so there's a little neural pathway that gets created there yeah 100 percent. you know yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah so it goes on from there there's so from say 14 to 16 i have this little period where don't really have a lot of memory about all i say about that right now because i want to speak to you about at the or towards the end about that is to do with now i know ptsd and um maybe a little bit of childhood trauma it's to do with drugs there's something happened between 14 and 15, something happened there that created some PTSD. Are you comfortable to share that? I am. The only, the only reason I'm not because is because just because of my kids. With the alcohol side of it and everything that I'll say down to my low points or the rest of it, I want them to hear it. This mm. side of it, uh, I don't know. So what I'll say, I'll, I was 14. I don't know if I was closer to 13 or 15, but I, I took acid and um, a lot of it. And then from what I know now is that was my first experience with anxiety, really. Like I've worked out that all those things in those two years were basically anxiety attacks. That's really interesting. So when I was about 13 or 14, I, I don't think I've spoken about this before on the podcast. I was at a friend's mum's house in Castlemaine and she packed me a, a bong, like a cone, 
and I'd not really had it before and it was like hydro or laced with something. But anyway, I had this and I remember going, oh, my God, and I didn't know what was happening then but it was the start of a panic attack. So yeah. I started walking home and I started getting into my head that I was dying, that I was going to die. And I remember lying in my mum and dad's bed and absolutely full on thinking I'm going to die. And at one point I was like literally hallucinating like my own funeral and I'm going, oh my God. And so I had to get up and tell my mum and dad. Yeah. And just said, I think I'm going to die. You're going to take me to hospital. Yeah. And I wasn't dying. I was having a panic attack, but that opened the door Mm. for like the most acute and chronic anxiety disorder for the next, I don't know, quite a few years really until I stopped drinking. So that's interesting. So it's funny how we can do something which can set something off in us. And it's actually really handy for our kids to know this stuff that I wish I had have known that. Oh, so I went after maybe a year of suffering, you know, it was, it, it would happen mainly when I was going to sleep. I, I'd be just dropping off to sleep and maybe just, I don't know, that little point where you're just falling to sleep and you might think a little crazy thought. I don't know, it's weird. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. me, but mm-hmm. that would set me off in a sort of a panic. Yeah, it was a panic attack anxiety but I just didn't know what it was at the time uh did you talk to anyone about it when it was happening so I, yeah I was gonna say after a year of, of suffering uh I had to tell my mum you know I had to tell her didn't know what else to do really I, I thought I was going fucking crazy hey eh? like oh, it's awful yeah, yeah yeah it's just awful yeah and then uh she took me to the GP he was an old guy you know and very old school when I told him what I'd done, he said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I was like, oh, that's helpful. fucking no shit, Sherlock. No shit, Sherlock, yeah. <laughs> and, and he just didn't have any help for me, didn't have any answers. So was the alcohol alleviating the symptoms of the anxiety? So I didn't think I had any PTSD or anything like that. My upbringing was pretty pretty good, you know. Mum and Dad, good to me, all the rest of it. They had arguments and stuff. Maybe there's a little bit of stuff to unpack there, but... It was only at six months sober when I heard Miles uh, about childhood trauma and all that. But now looking back, I didn't drink to forget that time, that two years where I was struggling. But because I drank, I forgot about it. Mm. And it's been buried deep as shit since, you know what I mean? Well, it did work then, obviously, for the time. Yeah. What it was doing, the pressure it was relieving or the relief it was giving you was from that incessant kind of that feeling of that anxiety. Yeah. What happened was, because I brought it all to the surface, by this time I was doing meditation. While I was laying there in, what do you call it? Yoga nidra, I suppose you call it. Just laying down. In your yogic sleep? Yeah. Well, half the time I do fall asleep, you know. You're not meant to, really. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they get you so relaxed, eh? So I let those thoughts come in when I was laying there and fucking, oh, you got me in the, in the mm-hmm. mind, you know. And mm-hmm. uh so I push it back down again. And then, like I say, I spoke to Miles last Friday, just Friday, just gone. I had to wait six months to pluck up the courage to bring it up again. Wow. So it's really got you. Yeah, yeah, somehow. But uh, there's a lot before this because, you know, the tools you talk about, number one is breath work, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then all, all the other tools, your, your morning rituals, gratitude, observing your thoughts and not getting tied in with them, all this sort of stuff. I think because I've got awareness of all these tools and other stuff, which I'll talk about in a minute maybe, but because I've got awareness of all that, now I feel I can approach the other stuff. Whereas six six months ago, it fucking scared me, you know. The night it happened, I remember sitting on the window ledge with my feet hanging out 
thinking I just want to fucking face plant and end it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. You know, this is fucking 14-year-old kid. So for people listening, uh, what we're talking about is if you have a, a PTSD type, like there's an event, something that's happened to you, a great thing to look into is EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. There's lots of great therapists, psychologists, psychotherapists who use that tool, I guess we'd call it. And uh, it's really, really great for PTSD in particular. So when an actual event, like something, an event has happened. So yeah, something to look into. Okay. So let me take you back to, so when you're younger and you're drinking, you're experiencing yeah. a lot of anxiety and you're probably using the drink to push away. Yeah. Without, without knowing it. Without realizing, of course. It's the same as like with me using alcohol for confidence reasons. I didn't realize that at the time. I thought I was just having fun. It's not until much later we do the work that we start to go, Ah, ding, ding. All right. That's why. Okay. Get it now. It all makes sense. That's why it's important to do the work, to do the layers, like to whoever you do it with, but to go a bit deeper. So tell me, where did it get to with you, with the drinking? Just the average Joe, I'm going to say. It's funny because I tell people now my story and I say, well, you must have really had a problem with a drink, with a drink, eh? And I was like, not really. I reckon I probably drank less than the average Joe. I didn't like shots. If I let myself have too many shots, I know I was in for a shitty hangover, you know. So I tried to avoid them at all costs. I did go through drinking every day, but it was always just after work, maybe two beers, three beers, whatever. I'd buy two bottles of wine if Heidi said she fancied a glass. So that if she fancied a glass, it needed two bottles, not one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get her on separately. Yeah, well, that she, she's another story. She's another success story, but... Yeah, so she'd come home from work. I would already be home. I already had my first glass. Pour her one. She'd fall asleep because she's exhausted from work. And then that means bottle and a half for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hear people do that all the time. That makes it all right then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of, at the end, so when we get into the, the crux of it with depression or whatever, uh, I, did, I know I did use it to try and pick me up. And it did for a little while and then it would just drop me on my ass even if it worked at the night the night I drank it the next day it dropped me on my ass for the next four days yeah so I was going to ask when we're saying oh I'm just doing it you know everyone does that what were the negative impacts it was having on you so firstly it would, it would send me to sleep great and then mm -hmm. two o'clock in the morning ping up overthinking procrastinating feeling sick you know obviously because you're drinking poison <laughs> <laughs> and then um mm -hmm. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then you just wake up, you're not replenished, you're not rested because you haven't slept, plus your body's been fighting the shit. So yeah. It's so true. And, you know, here again, like, sorry, I don't mean to be, I'm not being judgy here, don't come at me, people, but we glorify this thing that wakes me up at 2 in the morning, it gives me anxiety, I'm pinging, I'm, I'm procrastinating, I feel fucking sick and my body's detoxing. Mm, yum. Yeah, no, yeah, more yeah, thanks. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll just do some shots on top of that then, hey? <laughs> so it, it's really good to be honest. Like, again, yeah. I don't mean to simplify things, but to really look at it honestly and go, what impact is this actually having on me? What impact is this having on my life and my mental health? But just in my day-to-day -day life, when I have it, what does it give me the next day? And, and be really honest and then start to, I guess that's when we can wait up and start to look at it and to go, is it actually worth it? Mm. What are the negative impacts it's given me? In fact, write that down, people, for people who are listening and not driving, write it down, write down the negative impacts it's giving you because 
I tell you what, when you start to put it down on paper and then you write down, well, what does it give me? Pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. pros and cons. It gives me something, otherwise I wouldn't do it. And similarly, it's good to do a, a pros and cons list of giving it up too. So yeah. what would be oh, the cons yeah. of giving it up? I might not mm. have my stress release or I might not have confidence. And then the pros of giving it up. And then you can really pinpoint then what you need to do for yourself. If you write down the cons of giving it up, what will I do to relieve my stress? Ah, oh, okay. What are some other things that I can do to relieve my stress? I'm huge into that right now, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a coaching moment for people there, but it's a really great thing to do to write down. So anyway, I digress. So, Paul, back to you and your story. So we're realising it's having some negative impacts. Mm. When are you starting to feel like, I'd like to give this away? What started that conversation in your mind? I think just before that, so this is quite important. I'm 47, yeah, just for the timeline, 48, 47 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so when I reached 40, again, no problems with it really, but I just felt sluggish and tired and I was 10 kilos heavier than I am now. I hadn't done any physical exercise really to any sort of like length from probably 16 to 40. I'd done nothing, you know what I mean? Just nothing, whatever, just drinking. <laughs> so at 40, I felt that. I thought, like, is this is this it for me now? Like, is this this sluggish, overweight dude? <laughs> is this me forever now, you know? So I joined a gym. My wife, Heidi, was already there. It's a boot camp style gym. And uh, that gave me the pick-me-up. I got fit. I lost 10 kilos doing a 30-day challenge with them. I lost it in 30 days. And it it was actually um, a detox-style challenge, so booze was out. But that's the first time I had more than a weekend off since I was probably 18. Wow, how did that feel? I felt absolutely amazing. And I still, body-wise, or I haven't really felt as good as that since, if you know what I mean, even now. And I think it's because the detox was everything, you know, sugar, anything bad you could eat. It was actually meal replacement shakes and everything like that and obviously the alcohol wasn't there but it was never going to be 30 days and then don't carry on drinking it's always 30 days and then bang on it again so when you got to the end of the 30 days like obviously you're feeling good in your body Mm. was there that little bit of doubt about going back to alcohol not really not really because it's so embedded in my what's the word psyche and what my life is like where I live drinking with the neighbors out the front on the weekends and all this sort of stuff, I couldn't see, I didn't even envisage a life without it at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But still it planted a bit of a seed. I think so. The, the feeling I got, how good I felt, that was definitely in there somewhere. Yeah. Because it was so, so good, yeah. That's why it is really important too for people listening. When you do take a break, like some people say, oh, don't take a break, it's going to make it, you know, it's not going to help, but I think it does help like to take time off and then see how it feels in the body. You might not be ready yet to go, I'm going to give this away now, but yeah. take a break, see how it feels, take regular breaks and see how that feels. Eventually, I think you get to the point where you're like, you get it. You just yeah, get, you it. get it. You <laughs> get it. When did you get it, Paul? When did you get it? Well, the, what, fully? Yeah. When oh, yeah. It? So this move on, move on maybe three years-ish. Yeah, there's a bit of a story to tell you. So my brother moved over from the UK. Six years younger than me he is. Yeah, it's kind of like um, me and Heidi are here on our own, you know, like if we moved to the other side of the world away from all our friends and family, you know, it's a big thing. So when he moved over, it's like, oh, 
it's the answer to all my prayers, really, you know, family here now. He's a plumber as well. So I think it, I thought, oh, yeah, going to help me out with the business and all that sort of thing. But then it turns out that he was suffering really bad from anxiety and depression. You know, I could see it solely was the alcohol. I could see it the, the morning after. He was just in pieces, eh? Wow. Yeah. I could see it, but I'd never, you know, apart from that, like I said, when I was 14, 16, I hadn't felt anxiety. I didn't know back then it was anxiety, so I didn't know what it was. So I was like, oh, come on, let's, let's go down the pub, I'll have a beer, cheer you up. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Because of my, this is my colouring yeah. in, you know, this is how yeah. I'm, I'm, at the time I'm made, yeah. or, or how I think. You know, my reward system was alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was bad. Three months later, I shipped it all back, you know, and I think... Yeah, that hit, that affected me hard when he'd done that. And maybe that was the start of me going downhill. I'm not sure, whatever. But, yeah, so then, I, yeah, like I say, I went downhill. <laughs> what did downhill look like? It's funny because at the time I couldn't explain it. All I could say when I was reaching out to people, I just said I'm, I feel unhappy. <laughs> I just feel unhappy, you know, like, and I could explain it a little bit better now. I've been through the, the processes. I plugged up the courage to ask for help. You have all these campaigns now, it ain't weak to speak. Mates in the trade or whatever it's called, you know, like mm-hmm. the tradies to go struggling, whatever. But, yeah, so I told Heidi, obviously, you know, she could see it, whatever. And she said, I think you need to stop drinking. And I, and mm. I was like in the back of my mind, well, what does my life look like where I live, what we do without drinking, you know, that's how I felt at the time. But, yeah, I, I plucked up the courage to speak to a few people, few, a few friends, and they were like me with my brother. Their medicine is alcohol. It doesn't cause them problems. It gives them the pick-me-up. So that's all they had for me. They didn't have much else for me. So carried on, carried on going. A few other things happened. There's one day where I was really feeling shit and um, had a big week of work and I had to work Saturday. I don't. I try not to do that, but this particular time I worked the Saturday, felt shit all day because I had a beer on the Friday. Yeah, I sort of... Through this period when I was working, I had to fight myself every minute not to go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Got to get this job done, though. Get the job done. Boom, boom, boom. But then in the back of my mind, I just fucking go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? I worked for myself as well, so I could do it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would just sometimes wouldn't see things through, just piss off home because I was full of anxiety and that. Yeah, anyway, I'll come home from this day. I was exhausted, about five in the hour, though, and um, everyone's out front of the house on the driveway on the beers, you know, all my neighbours and Heidi. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I, I don't know how close that was to the end of me quitting. De- that was definitely a point where I was like, this got fucking stop. Why? The, the drinking and the lifestyle. I couldn't escape it. I get home at five, exhausted, just like, oh, my God. And I come in. I didn't even have a shower. I didn't even barely get changed. I cracked a beer and just joined them, you know. And then carried on drinking until about 11 o'clock at night. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Were you getting there and feeling like, I didn't want to join them? Or did you want to join them? I didn't want to join them. But um, you said something to me in our Zoom call, which we'll talk about in a minute, but but the people-pleasing thing. It's just such an important piece in this puzzle too and for people listening. Like how often do we like, I don't fucking want to, but all right, I will. Mm. I will Mm. anyway. And even to the point that, like, that's just complete self-abandonment. I see it over and over and over again. And I, I see it with my friends, my family. They do that. They're like, no, I, I don't want to this weekend. And then I had to go this weekend. Oh, no, I end up drinking because such and such came around. And it's just like, okay, you know. 
it's an interesting thing to notice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This is because of 30 years of conditioning, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just so inbuilt. The people pleasing? Well, the people pleasing, just the drinking, the culture. This is what we do, you know, we get together. And don't get me wrong, and I hope the people who are outside the house who listen to this don't get me wrong. I don't, there's no disrespect to them whatsoever. That's what we used sure. to do. We used to do it all the time. Yeah. And, I, and I'd be happy to join them, but I was just at the end. Where do you think the people pleasing came from? I'm not sure. Like I said, you mentioned it to me in that Zoom, mm-hmm. that Zoom chat. My ego pushed back on it. It's like, what, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm not, I not don't do things to please other people, but no, I've let go of my ego now. Like it took, it's taken a long time, and it's still there. But I've let go of it. You know, like it's just bullshit and ego. Well, the ego gets a bad rap because actually it's a protector. Mm. It's trying to do something. It's trying to do a job of saying, "Oh no, no, we don't want to go there. I don't want to have to look at that." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, I don't know where I heard it. Whether it's on a podcast or one of the books that you recommended, because <laughs> I've got into all those now as well. But the ego is. It's how you view yourself, how you've been conditioned and how your experiences have have made you think who you are and then how people should treat you accordingly. So, uh, yeah, the ego is kind of that to go, really. In in my reprogramming, I pissed it off, got rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't need our protectors so intensely there either sometimes when we start to be a bit more open and, and doing the work. I suppose, yeah. So, okay, next step. What happened there? So you realised, okay, this has got to stop. Like, I don't actually want this anymore. Yeah, that's that's mm. for sure, yeah. And then I had my biggest inspiration was my, my younger brother. So by this time he's back in the UK, back working, all the rest of it, uh, having a good life. He quit the booze. And then I spoke to him not a month later and he said, all that shit's gone. The anxiety's gone. Depression's gone. He goes, you've got to, you've got to give it a go. And he said, it, it, at the time, he was into the cold water therapy, you know, like not ice bath, but over there, the tap water's cold enough to have that effect. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he was into cold showers, right? Mm, and awesome. I, I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember he said, why don't you run the shower? He said, it feels amazing. And he said all the different benefits from it. At, at the time... My, I couldn't deal with the, the cold shock. My brain, I was so frazzled. I was like, I don't want it. I don't want to deal with that. So, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't mentally in a position to go, yeah, I'm going to go and jump in an ice bath and deal with that shock point. So that's interesting. So you're seeing your brother having some great benefits mm. and that the anxiety has lifted, lo and yeah, behold. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's exactly when mine did too. Mm. Once the alcohol mm. went, these panic attacks just went. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? unbelievable that's why it's a really great for people listening if you're suffering anxiety taking all that those factors that could cause anxiety and then just seeing how you feel after about 21 days yeah. after about 21 days your dopamine resets if you're still getting chronic anxiety without any stimulants without any other things in your body that might cause that then perhaps there's something else yeah, yeah something else is going mm-hmm. on but it's great it's a great diagnostic tool yeah for sure so then what that if i've explained it enough like in my depression if i've explained enough to let people know how deep I was. <laughs> You're deep in depression. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything else, like if someone looked at me from the outside and see what like my house, my kids, my wife, my car, blah, blah, you know, all the all those things, if they looked at me and they'd say, You got a freaking great life. But on the inside, the invisible stuff, it was a struggle. I got to a point where 
I, I wasn't contemplating suicide, but I could really understand where people were when they um, when they done it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then because of that, I didn't know where my point was. It's so scary, isn't mm, it? Yeah, so yeah, scary. yeah, yeah. Can you describe just for people listening? It might help for people listening. What depression feels like for you? Your personal experience of depression in your body? Yeah. Well. Yeah, you got just heavy in the chest. You feel like your shoulders slump down. You can't think of anything positive, really. Procrastinating, that's a big one. Yeah, tired, cans of energy drink, smash them down. Yeah, maybe that's part of it, like that. But it was just unhappy without being able to explain it at the time. You know, just, yeah, probably I still can't properly. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, but... Yeah. yeah. Well done. Thank you for sharing that because mm. someone mm. listening, they might just think I feel terrible inside and they might not have really realised, oh, maybe I'm actually depressed. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of those, my symptoms, if you like, for those two, three years, whatever they were, a lot of them would have, have been around for a long time. You know what I mean? Mm. Like uh, it's like when I spoke to Miles, he, he said that procrastination could come from that period. Mm. and. Mm dive deeper I'm, I'm going to dive deeper with that stuff for sure well it's an ongoing it. journey isn't it we, mm, we mm. spend many years after this still unraveling yeah. and pulling back the layers and it's it can be really beautiful and if we stay curious mm. rather than afraid of yeah it's, it's a beautiful wow it's very liberating yeah well done well done mm. so tell me about right at the end where you've decided that's it enough's mm. enough i'm pulling the plug no more booze yeah when did that moment arrive? So you? that was, well, I am joined to a gym and the gym, they do 45-day challenges all the time, you know. So the first one of last year, I was like, that's it, that's me, you know. That's, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah, and um, so I, sh- I should say probably maybe two weeks in, I found your podcast and um, the, oh, it was just, it was a game changer, you know. Get emotional on that, eh? <laughs> Yeah, because what it did, I listen to it every day. So I drive, I can drive an hour to work and sometimes an hour back. Mm-hmm. So there's, there was two hours where I could punch all this information into my head. Uh, there's some fucking gems of tips and tricks. and But what it is, and, and this is really important for people, I think, is to listen to it as much as you can because what it does for you is it gives you the sober chat. It's like you're surrounded with a sober chat rather than being at the pub with a piss chat. It's just whether, whether you're taking good stuff out of every single episode, it's a sober chat. And then what it does, it, it strengthens your beliefs that it's okay to not drink. You know, along with that and my brother, you know, brother's my biggest inspiration. That's what the pod did to start with. Because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, the first, like I've listened to him twice now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, a lot, and what can happen is as you go through, you miss things or you're not in the zone to hear them, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then when you go back, you pick them up again mm-hmm. or you pick them up that time and then they start working their magic. That's awesome. Mm. That's great. Mm. Yeah, that's So, so don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> don't stop punching out the content. Like I say, I can reel off some amazing numbers, like the episode numbers. And um, <laughs> I, I seriously – so. I will say this, the episode 142, 143, 144, you won't know what they are, will you? No, I've got nah. no idea. So 142, 
I forget her name, but she's from Newcastle down in New South Wales. Depre- she, she suffered depression. Oh, was it Nat? Nat. Nat from Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just messaging Nat before. That's so funny. Is she, is she all good? She's, she's, yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. in my grad's group. Yeah, oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. So I heard that one. What happened at the beginning, right? Spotify, because this is where I listen to your pods, is on Spotify. It had it down as descending order. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So at the time when I first started listening, we were uh, in the 140s and maybe before or just a little bit after, whatever it was, it was around there. And it would play the last one. And then because it wasn't ro- rolling through them, it would stop and I'd have to scroll down to the... So, so annoying. Well, do you know what, though? <laughs> it's the, the best thing that could have ever happen because then I've got these these numbers here, right? So 42 is, is her, is Nat. 43 is Luke... Snooski, Snooski, Yeah, he's amazing. Mm. Uh, and then forty-two is Mark Purser. Ah, uh, another right. Amazing. So that little, that little, what a combo. That little trio, right? Is <laughs> is your master stroke? Uh, uh, honestly, those three should be breaking the internet. I'm, <laughs> honestly, great. I can't talk them up enough. And yeah. back then, I listened to them maybe three times in a row, back to back, all three, just rolled through them. <laughs> that's so awesome yeah because yeah. what they did uh, maybe not so much the first one but uh, Luke's one it started to get me aware of that we're this being the soul yeah mm-hmm. and then we have the thinking mind mm-hmm. which gets coloured in with all our life experiences blah 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 that's where mm-hmm. our conditioning is and our ego maybe mm-hmm. but then there's the body and they're kind of all separate, but they work together, whatever. I started to get this little idea that that's the, the thing. Mind, body, and soul, you know, like I've heard that for years and years and years, but they didn't really mean anything. Mind, body, and soul to me, my, I live my whole life in my head. Do you know what I mean? So I started to get that. And that's important that Spotify gave me in descending order because I heard that yeah. early on, really early on, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's almost like you should, hit a shuffle button on your pods and they just all go jumble up and then you just pick one and boom. I always find this if I'm going through something and I usually my go-to is the, these days is Michael Singer. Mm, mm. And just every, it doesn't, I don't know if it's just him, but everything I, I'll just go, I'm just going to pick that one. And yeah. I'll just listen. And I've, I've listened to his like multiple, multiple times before. And it's like I'm hearing it for the first time and it hits exactly what I need to hear. Yeah. It's, that's the other thing about all this is the, I don't know, it's because your mind is open now. When something's going on, like, and this is like with the pod, maybe within two days you'd hear something, you'd hear that the, the episode would be exactly what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how that works. It's ridiculous. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's a great saying. I don't know who it's from, but when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Mm. You have to be ready. Yeah. You won't receive anything until you're ready. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I believe in that. 150 percent yeah yeah in this little set of pods is lissy turner and i took my like single most important piece of advice from when she said um learn how to sit with the awkward to me it was like the start of me trying to um regulate my feelings and emotions like this is the first time i I kind of experienced that was you know so just go out for a beer you feel awkward as shit you know like say when everyone starts getting a bit loud Maybe when it, you know when the alcohol starts flowing, it's like oh a bit awkward, you know, and rah rah. rah. Maybe that's uh, social anxiety. I don't know. I started to think that well, I've probably always had this feeling, but 
you'd have the two liveners, free liveners, the beers, and then that feeling's dulled. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But but the other thing I started to think, and this might be, sound a bit mad, but the two feelings, like one in wanting a drink and feeling that anxiety, they feel the same in the body. Mm-hmm. So the way I've way I use it now is when I'm there and it's not I feel like I'm having, I want to drink. It's just I feel a bit anxious, and sit and you sit with it and just let it flow. Realize they're not all looking at you, you know. <laughs> what you're highlighting there, Paul, is that you've gone under the craving. You've mm. gone to the feeling that exists under the craving, and that's what Luke Snooski talks about. Yeah, with that soma wise discussion, it's about feeling in and. The craving is really just sort of the after effect of the feeling that you're feeling inside. Yeah. It's like, I'm feeling this, I don't want to feel it, so I'm going to go to what works. But actually, if we can sit with it and go, what's actually really going on here? Okay, I'm just feeling social anxiety. Oh, okay, well, I can deal with a bit of social anxiety. I'm fine, I'm an adult. So that's great. Amazing. Okay. Before, I wouldn't have admitted to social anxiety because of my ego again. So there's that to it as well. Do you think <laughs> a lot of men probably suffer social anxiety, but they won't say? Uh, maybe they don't know it. They just yeah. let themselves have the beers. Not there anymore anyway. Yeah, 100%. And what I noticed myself is when I took the alcohol away, that's when stuff started to surface for me. So if you don't really know why you're drinking, stop drinking and then see what comes up for you. I never considered myself shy or to be socially anxious because I was always drunk and loud. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. I took the alcohol away, I'll be in social situations and I would feel so uncomfortable. And it yeah. was like, so it's not until you take it away you realise, oh, what is it I'm actually dealing with underneath all this crap? That's why I say now I didn't have a problem with the drink. The problem was with, uh, with what's underneath it, the, you know, all this stuff. It wasn't the drink that's the problem. It was me and the – not I wasn't broken, but I just needed to – I think I just – it all come to a head. You had anxiety. Mm. <laughs> you had yeah, social anxiety. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. were masking it with yeah, alcohol. Yeah. And, yeah, and all the depression, I mean, you know, like yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. So after, yeah, after about 30 days, I, I got this feeling and it was like at the time all I could call it was inner peace. I oh. felt like inner peace. Yeah. Mm. What did that feel like? Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Get emotional. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I, looking back on it, I think, I think that was the first time, because I know, I know about this stuff now, it was the first time I experienced my um, nervous system settling. Wow, you know, I, so I, I, like I said, I was mind, body, and soul. I was in the mind. I like, didn't, you know, I knew nervous. We had a nervous system, and you get nervous. But it's the first time I experienced it settling. Do you know if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was on a Sunday, somewhere towards the end of my challenge, and then on the Monday, I was driving to work. My Mondays are just freaking amazing all the time because you sort of wake up thinking oh, I haven't got a hangover. That's like gratitude 101 you know <laughs> yeah yeah isn't yeah. it like it's just amazing but i was driving to work and and i just just feel the feeling overcome me again but it wasn't just the inner peace it was a realization that depression had gone <laughs> mm. how beautiful yeah mm. yeah, yeah such a gift yeah and the anxiety it all gone and then, um, yeah, this is funny. So, but 
by this time I'd worked out Spotify and I'd put it back to the beginning. <laughs> 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 and then um, and I got to chapter or episode 21. It's you and Ash talking. It's season end or whatever it was. And Ash said he spoke about an awakening. Mm. And uh, that's what I had, like without a shadow. Mm. So awesome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And oh, I kind of... Awakening. This is, are you ready for a bit of weird stuff? Yeah, you know I love it. <laughs> so I, this is what after that that week, so the awakening week, if you like, I started to look back and I come up with this. So when I was at the end in the binge and feeling depressed and the rest of it, this is weird and deep, by the way. I love it. <laughs> it's really deep shit. <laughs> but let, I'm not going to hide anything because I, I think I want to help someone. You know, I, I think if I explain everything, it might help mm. someone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. This is how I envisaged it, that I was wearing, say, just say a big clown party wig, like the big freaking fuzzy thing, and then that's all like pulled down over your head, right? So you're in this little freaking cloud or whatever it is. <laughs> this is getting weird, eh? You know, that's where like the brain fog is. You're mm-hmm. seeing all your everything through the fuzz of the wig. And then I've thought deeper that the it's almost acts like a witch's cauldron. Mm-hmm. So you're throwing in... Beers, you're throwing in shots, you're throwing in shitty food because, you know, when you're hungover, you eat shit. That's bad for your gut health. Blah, blah, blah. And this witch's cauldron, this is getting really weird. Like, this witch's cauldron sort of bubbling away and you're tipping mm. bad stuff into it and it's giving off procrastination and fucking anxiety, depression, bad decisions. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I love <laughs> so, it. <laughs> So that's the, the witch's cauldron, you know, and this is the deep bit. So that potion that you're making in the cauldron, which mm-hmm. is all those things, when it's ready and you drink the potion, that's when you give up. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? So when you're ready to drink. The potion, when it's ready, it's done, you're, you're fucking, you've had enough. That's, you drink the potion to end it. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and so when I was driving to work on that Monday, this is how I envisage it. The the wig blew out the window. Ah, that's off. awesome. Mm. Yes, that's such a great <laughs> it's metaphor. Weird. It's weird though, isn't it? <laughs> I know, it's great. <laughs> yes, it's weird, but it's fucking great. Weird and deep. <laughs> I love it. It's so awesome. I love it. So one thing I wanted to reflect on as well, I mean, it's just so much, this is so joyous for me to hear all this and have this conversation with you and having seen this progression of you, which has just been beautiful. I'm just going back to that coaching call that we did 10 months ago. You were talking about, yeah, the the kind of the situation with the neighbours outside and the people pleasing and and that kind of stuff. We'd sort of touched on that. You're also saying you want to get more into it, sort of guiding you towards maybe opening up to a bit more of your spiritual side because I sort of see that that wanting that's where I sort of Mm. pressed you off into the direction of Lissy yeah, and Shane yeah, Turner, which yeah, that's another wow. story. Yeah. Beautiful humans, which was mm. just such a perfect fit for you as well. Yeah. But at the end of that call, I remember you saying to me, so there's one other thing. I'm going on this booze cruise. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, oh, no, don't go. And you're like, oh, no, I've got to go because I'm going to go because it's all paid for. And yeah. and I'm like, what's that going to look like? And he said, well, everyone's drinking, you know. Yeah. And so I'm thinking and I said, okay, well, and then we talked about some strategies and whatnot, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this guy's fucked. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> I, know, I, I know. I know you did. I could see it on your face. <laughs> Can I read you something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to read you the email 
found this just before that you sent me because I sent you an email to ask how you went. Mm. Anyway, so you've sent me back the cruise report. <laughs> Hi, Danny. I passed the cruise test with flying colours. Mm. Actually, having a drink was not a problem at all. It was more just getting through the awkward feelings. I'm learning mm. to sit with those. Mm. The guys that I went with were so supportive, so I got to find out that they are actually true friends. Mm. As I didn't really find it too difficult, I didn't give myself too much credit. But in the days since, I've looked back and thought of how far I've come and how quickly, and it makes me so happy. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Oh, okay. What to drink is still an issue. You have to imagine that on a booze cruise, there isn't much for sober folk. First night, I must have had six cans of Pepsi Max and didn't <laughs> sleep a week. Mm, yeah, true. I tried yoga for the very first time on the ship. Wow. I'm going to get into it once I find the right local studio. Then you're talking about the podcast giving you more inspiration and that you hope to start Lissy Turner's Solving Patterns course on Monday and look forward to it. I'll let you know how I go. I hope you're enjoying WA from Paul. Mm. Oh, my God. There's <laughs> so no. much in that uh, email. Yeah. I just, I just feel so emotional reading it. But for everyone listening, I don't recommend going <laughs> on a booze cruise in after only 45 days of sobriety, but good on you for doing it. Mm -hmm. And that you said it was awkward, but I'm, I had awkward feelings of feeling awkward, but I'm yeah. learning to sit with those. Yeah. I'll tell, tell you where that sort of bravery came from. So you know the the smoking book, Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking? Yeah. So I don't know if you remember a, a lot of the theory in it, but you pick the book up, you don't stop smoking, you mm. don't cut down. Cut, cutting down is the worst thing. You know, patches are the worst thing. I won't talk too much about that, but what I did when I finished reading that, this is back in 2001, when I finished reading that book, it was four days before uh, New Year's Eve, and I thought to myself, right, if this is going to work, why wait till New Year's Eve, get pissed and smoke a pack of ciggies? So wherever I was at the time, I threw cigarettes and lighter in the bin and never smoked ever since. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what? So this is another thing I've done with the, with the drinking is I didn't need to con continue drinking while I was getting all my information, my data, data, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. uh, because I had 30 years of it. 30 years of hangovers, 30 years of this. So I could just use those next like 45 days and then and a couple of weeks after or whatever it was, just getting the information, like going somewhere with my kids and actually talking to them in the car instead of going, <laughs> like mm -hmm. fighting a hangover or being ang mm -hmm. having anxiety and not even talking to them because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was another thing back in the when I had the wig on. Sometimes I just couldn't think what to say in conversation. I, I mm -hmm. thought I was fucking going nuts again, you know. Like mm -hmm. I just didn't have the chat. I'd just go to the gym and I just want everyone to leave me alone. Sometimes I'd have six weeks off the gym because I couldn't face going because people would talk to me and I just didn't want to talk. So stuck mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just so information gathering as I went along. And then what I sort of did was I thought, right, after the 45 days – I'm going to do three or four weeks, so I'm just going to go week to week, and then I'm going to do your challenge. And uh, as each week went on, I just got stronger and stronger and stronger, and I thought, fuck, the, one of the key things was the cruise coming up. I didn't want to do AF alcohol-free beverages of any kind. Mm -hmm. This is to do with the smoking book, you know, like the substituting or whatever. It's just my mentality yeah. because I know it works for other people, works for Heidi, but... I thought, shit, I better talk to her because what if I'm in the wrong thing here? I'm going on the booze cruise. Maybe I should 
maybe I should do alcohol-free beers, whatever. And, I, and that's when we, me and you had the chat about the smoking book. Mm-hmm. And then I changed my view that smoking and drinking are similar, but in this respect, it's different, different in that way. Mm-hmm. Same, same, but different. Well, it's not delivering the same drug, is it? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's, and drinking socially accepted as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, which cigarette smoking is really not. So just bloody well done. Mm. Like, well done. And mm. then from there on, keeping on going, doing what you're doing. You went and yeah. did Lissy's Dissolving Patterns, yeah. you know, really got into that yoga side of things as well and embarked on that spiritual journey. Mm. And how's that been? So I finished... 21 days with Lissy, the Dissolving Pants program, and that was end of June. So, yeah, end of that. So I finished on a Sunday and then instantly that afternoon joined the yoga studio and first class on a Sunday was meditation, yeah. you know. Yeah, so it's, it's taken over. So just moving after that, the, the Thursday is, uh, well, Tuesday and Thursday is yin yoga. Amazing. And so I've done yin yoga on the Thursday, and um, this is the crazy thing. Uh, so still with this idea that the three things, mind, body, and soul, whatever, I've done yin yoga. and like So yin yoga is where you, you hold these stretches or poses for a length of time. Mm. So this was a Thursday night. I'm holding these poses, and I could fix So I've always suffered from a bad back, and I could feel just a deep spinal twist this particular one was. So I thought, oh, this is releasing tension your body keeps the score or whatever mm-hmm. so i felt to myself this is really releasing tension and then you're always taught when you're in there be the observer of your thoughts don't latch on to them just let them mm-hmm. so i'm doing that you know just trying to be in the moment and then at the same time the teachers spouting all this philosophy i can't even remember it even i was there last night i can't remember what she said but it just it's like tickling the soul i'm thinking this is a thursday night where I'd normally do a bottle and a half of wine. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I, was cry- I cried on that first Thursday. I just cried. Oh. Well, oh, in the dark yeah. room in the yoga studio, it's like fucking, it's got me now. Yeah. Got me, just, yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And that release mm. that comes. Mm. I often hear about that too with yin yoga or a restorative yeah. yoga. It's just that stillness of being in the pose and sitting yeah. and being there and then up come the emotions sometimes. Mm. I had that recently actually. Beautiful, absolutely really beautiful. Cool, yeah. Yeah. I love how you and Heidi, your wife, have gone and really embraced this yoga side of things. So going like from the guy that I first met to this, it's like the booze cruise guy now to the to the yogi. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, so isn't fantastic. It? Would you ever do your yoga teacher training? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't rule anything out now, to be honest. I hope you do. I, hope <laughs> you do. <laughs> I think it'd be it's years down the track, but. For tradies. Yeah, 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 yeah. They so. should have to come in their um, tradies gear. In the, in the high quite hot. <laughs> Tall belt on. Oh, yes. And nothing Invite else. <laughs> I'll come and take photos. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Ash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we have to wrap up, Paul, but yeah. there's just, I mean, there's so many things we could cover. I'm going to have to get you back there, on too. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. dig more into the mental health side of things. But what's something that you'd love to leave the, the people listening with? What mm. message would you love to leave them with today? There's heaps. You know, I could, I could talk to the people that still think, still don't have problems with drinking, but to the people that are struggling, you know, like the change can happen and it can happen really quick. Things can get better. Like where I'm at now, like we, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface, to be honest. I, I'm, just such, I'm just a new person. 
before we go, tell me a bit about where you are right now. What does life for you look like now? Oh, spiritually, yeah, okay. physically, all the things. What have been the payoffs? Just like I'm, I've just slowed down. I think is the big one. I was a million miles an hour before. I was so much I can talk about, but yeah, I was just so I'd set my alarm clock uh, in the mornings before about 15 minutes before I had to leave the house, mm-hmm. and I'd just do everything at breakneck speed. Just, and then wake up feeling, you know, anxiety had me feeling sick, so I wouldn't make a nice lunch for, for work. I, I just couldn't think about food. But then I'd hit the road, and then after an hour, I'm hungry now, so then I'd buy. There's not really much healthy food at that time on the road, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's Macca's breakfast or whatever. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> get, get to work, and maybe someone's cut you up on the road, and you're pissed off about that, and you go and tell your mates, oh, this dickhead. Cut me up, rah, 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 and all that's sort of changed now. Like the, the 21 days dissolving pattern course is responsible for all of that, and I think everyone should be doing that, to be honest. But Yeah, it's a ripper force. But sort of now my, my day is, I'll sit the alarm about an hour and a half before I have to go to work, uh, and then I'll do a morning stretch. Before I've done, done that, I've maybe done some gratitude before I've even lifted my head off the pillow. Breath work is massive. So I'll, I'll leave the house, and then the first... 10 minutes i don't have any sound on a toy in a car or just maybe a bit more gratitude and, and just breathe and think about this and that and then i'll get my coffee and i'll stick a pod on or uh or an audio book so so and then i'll get to the beach if i can for meditation in the morning if i'm working in the beaches yeah yeah, yeah. just setting up this this beautiful morning you mm. know you can make your day so extraordinary mm. just by the choices you make in the morning yeah and that's why it's so important that morning practice and how you yeah. set your day up for yourself 100%. look at the difference and how like did it affect your relationship this new way oh, of being like talk yeah. to me about that oh yeah again i could talk for ages especially about our relationship me and heidi sunday afternoons on the beers out the front we'd come in nine times out of ten it ended in an argument i don't know if I, i've got time to talk about this one but lissy again her podcast is number one two three her, this particular one is about perimenopause. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, this is risky for me as a male to talk about, right? But uh, I love that you're listening uh, yeah. to perimenopause. That's all men should. That's the thing, yeah, I, and I, I 100% agree. But the first time round, I saw it, perimenopause. I don't need to listen to that one. I missed it. Second time round, I listened to it and I thought, well, I've got three daughters and a wife. I should probably listen to this shit. Yeah, good <laughs> And it's you. just, it's freaking amazing, hey? But also forget what the, the female hormones are doing in this argument, say. My side of it, you know what I mean? Again, I'm protecting my ego. So when Heidi would say something, I'd just take immediate offense to it and then try and throw a bigger insult back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, then, and that's just me being disrespectful. And then... You know, I saw like find out the next day that she was on a, on a monthly. So again, this is risky for me to talk about. <laughs> but I, I'd be, I'd be horrible. I'd say, oh, I fucking knew it. You're on your. It's rude to say even this. You're on your rags. <laughs> it's a horrible term, isn't it? You know what I mean? Isn't it? It's really like for a male to say all this stuff is fucking horrible. You know. You got balls admitting that. So good on you, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Let's what... not come at him. <laughs> You're gonna edit that out. No way. No, no, but, and I don't, I don't mind saying it that it's me. It wasn't. I should be making allowances. Everyone should listen to that podcast number one, two, three with uh, Lissy Turner. That's on Lissy Turner presents. No, no, it's on on yours. 
So one hundred twenty-three. Oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah. Gotcha. Ah, yeah. uh, yes, and we did say that men should listen to this too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And look, but the other thing here is that alcohol is so corrosive on mm. our relationships. You know, the fights and what starts off. Oh, yeah, we had a lovely lunch together. But how did that end? Not everyone, of course, but I definitely know that in our relationship that alcohol mm. was just absolutely annihilating our relationship. Yeah, yeah. The good moments were definitely being outweighed by the big horrible moments from the alcohol yeah so well done but i'll just say one more thing because i haven't spoken about dissolving patterns one thing in that is one day you'll observe yourself what you say and its effect and then there's another the next day might be what people are saying and where it's come from what position are they in when they've said it you know what i mean what stresses do they have blah 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 you know and that's perfect to think about your relationship with people someone's doing something at work and before you call him a dickhead or whatever to say well is it worth calling him a dickhead is he going to change is he's probably still always going to be a dickhead you know <laughs> <laughs> is it worth is it worth saying it is it causing me more stress to think that way and also i love that perspective of what might be going on for them mm, like mm. why are they being a dickhead because most people aren't dickheads for just be for fun there's usually there's a lot of protectors in there that are making them a dickhead yeah like like it was with me at the end a different person you know not who i am short fused all the rest of it give me just some quick dot points on areas which have improved so relationships improved health has improved yeah you know, look so highly done the 21 days as well so we get this thing now so relationship 100 fucking amazing really my connection with my kids i've had this year of being a father has just been the best ever insane you know a connection i have with them is yeah, I love it. You know, it's great. Watching three mm-hmm. girls grow up. Yeah, my my work, I'm just, each task I do, I'm just doing it. I'm not thinking about the next one or doing two at once. I'm just going, right, this is what I'm doing. In the mornings when I'm breakneck speed, trying to get out the door, I make a cup of tea like a ninja, <laughs> like Jackie Chan in a karate scene. <laughs> Teacup, tea bag, boom, 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 out the door. But mm. everything you do, just take Take your time with it. Do it to the best of your ability, you know. So it's improved work. It's improved your relationship with the kids, relationship with Heidi. You're more mindful. You're doing things with more quality and care. And obviously the mental health as well has improved out of sight. So and better fantastic. in the gym. Better in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And better physically. Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, there's some great things to realise that when if we were to look at, oh, what am I be giving up here? But actually look at all these things that we potentially could gain to just give one little thing the flick and to look at what we're gaining so it's amazing Paul like mm. you've just your whole journey has been incredible and it's just yeah. been amazing to be a part of so thank you for coming on and sharing your story today on the podcast and if people wanted to reach out to you they can find you on Instagram Paul yes. the Sober Plumber Paul the Sober Plumber yeah and I, and I sort of I don't know how it all works yet but today it's out there I've just kept it quiet for now but now I don't care who wants to follow me whether they want to judge me or not, I don't think they will, but that's it. I don't yeah. think they will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just bring it on now. Bring it on. If they want to chat to me through it, whatever, I'm right. there. Just to summarise, it's gone from normal drinking, really fucking shit, to fucking in, like insanely good. <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know how to explain the upside of where I am now. It's like, I can, I can just be in the moment. And that's the thing is to be in the moment. Like all the tools, we, I don't know if we mentioned heaps of them, but all those tools are the things that give you that inner peace feeling, yeah? 
but they're also the tools that will help you successfully stop drinking. And then it's the opposite of every single one of those tools that had me depressed. Give us an example. All of them. Just, just say breath work. Yeah. Breath work's number one. Like, I didn't even know what breath work was. You know, on our Zoom chat, you said, take a deep breath. I'm like, what do you mean? I fucking breathe all the time, every minute of the day. What are you talking about, Danny? But when you get into it, it's amazing. When I was depressed, obviously, even before I knew about breath work, I'm just breathing shallow. I think that sort of settles my nervous system now, is the good breathing. Mm. Gratitude is huge. If you're not giving yourself gratitude, you know, the opposite of that is, is shit, isn't it? Regulate your emotions. Oh, I had to find out what each one felt in my body. Boredom felt the same as sadness, you know. So if I had mm. spare time and I was bored, I felt sad. I felt that deep shit again just because I was bored. But then bored, boredom is only a need to feel stillness with something, you know. But now I've learned stillness is, is, a, is a gift. Like so if I've got time to be still, just be still. Yeah, that's so awesome. It's so simple, isn't it? We don't we don't need to overthink this stuff. Yeah. It's so awesome. And the breath work, amazing. Have mm. you ever done any of Sam Brown? She's been a regular on this podcast. I, 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 some of the stuff she said is cool as well. Uh, I haven't. I, I, I could do breath work now that I do is in the yoga studio. Oh, great. Yeah, so you've got someone. Yeah, that's fantastic. Just to segue off there too, so Sam Brown, who's a soulful lifestyle for people listening, uh, she's got some new offerings coming up now with some amazing like 21 days and seven days of amazing breathwork journeys that you can do on online. And she's just amazing. So lots and lots of people I work with also go and do her courses as well. And it's just absolutely transformative. And she's amazing. She just is such an incredible human. I love her so much. There's so much out there. And one thing I think what we can get from this conversation is from what you said, Paul, is that be curious, like be curious mm. and, and reach out to different people. Not everyone's going to be your cup of tea and that's fine, mm. but find people that resonate with you that you can think you can learn from and yeah. be the student, like be the student and you'll get so many gifts. There's so many out there. There's wonderful teachers everywhere and you might start at one and then move on to another one. And it's just perfect. You know, there's so much out there now, especially these days. So, and there's free stuff everywhere on the internet. There's loads of stuff on Insight Timer. It's endless. So it's worth like going into this journey even more and more of this sort of yoga, meditation, breath work, stillness, journaling, the more of this stuff that we can put in rather than putting alcohol in, the impacts are just phenomenal and just like look at all the impacts it's had on your life. Yeah. So well done to you. Congratulations on your one year soberversary. It's incredible. Let's touch base again. I mean, I'll see you anyway, no doubt yeah, yeah. that we should jump on the podcast again in maybe five years and see where it's taken you. I can't wait to see. Well, you need to be still doing it in five years. I was just going to say if I'm still doing no, it. No, no, you need to. <laughs> you need to because of all those things I said, you know, like just people need to hear the chat. Like it helps. It helps in that, especially in the early months. Six yeah. months, whatever, you need to hear the chat. So you to do make need it, to hear the it's chat. just so you know it's okay to not be a drinker. Because yeah. it is. It's okay. 100%. That's beautiful. Thank you, my friend. See you soon. Yeah. Maybe at the Thanks. next bender. Yeah, yes, for sure. Thanks, Danny. See you, mate. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.